The Off the Huzzle Podcast would like to thank all their sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, Last Mountain Distillery, Molson Coors, Rubber Co., and Cutter and Buck Canada. Now, it's time for your starting lineup. The pro hockey player, Turner Ripplinger. The golf insider, Tori Coglin. The original co-host, Troy Koser. And your host, Drew Koser. Now, sit back and enjoy the podcast, Off the Hosel. Alrighty, another episode off the hosel, episode 120. My name is Drew Koser. I'm your host, not joined by Troy or Turner today, but we got Torion again. Uh, he's our golf insider, as you would have heard our new podcast intro last week with a great interview with Kobe Armstrong, but no Troy, no Turner. We got Tori, myself, and another good guest today, a young stud out of Jackson, Mississippi. Alabama golfer. Uh, we'll get to that shortly here. Uh, Tori, what's up with you, man? What's new? What's, uh, what's happening? Not much. Just enjoying these playoffs and working this and that. All good, man. Summer's here. Looks like the boys are playing some golf. We are. Yep. Like down here in Regina, Saskatchewan. Well, up there, but yeah. Yeah. Down, oh, we're down in the south. Oh, I guess you're actually south of the border. So, um, yeah, no, it's nice today. Actually, for once, it's been. I think we actually have some good weather here between now and the the middle of June. So it says in the forecast. But as we all know how that works, things could change in a minute. Okay, big big tourney last weekend in in Cook, by the way. Yeah, let's go. Here we go. Mark Sweeney, Roman Timmerman. They weren't my pick. I fucking had Ryder. Well, actually, <laughs> I was joking. But anyways, I thought Ryder and uh, and Woody would win. But uh, congrats to Mark Sweeney and Roman Timmerman for winning the uh, Cook 2, man. Hmm. You ever heard of those names before? Jeez, those guys just win, eh? They just, win. That's all they do. Good players. Yeah, that field looked pretty sweet to play. I don't, I, what tournament was that, anyhow? Uh, I think it was called the Northern Two Man or the Northern Four Ball. I can't remember which, but the and Northern event. I I think it's fairly new. Yeah, Marty Ring is probably punching the steering wheel right now, but it keep going. <laughs> Look it up for sure. <sighs> okay, not sweet. Well, not only not only, not only that event, uh, we got, I believe, what they Northern Team Championship. Sorry, nails. nails. Okay, so not only that event happens now, and I think today's the this is dropping on the twenty sixth. It'll be so. The following week will be Nipwin, correct? Yeah, it's we got to have Eno on first next week, week to talk about. June. Talk about the Scotia Wealth Open. What an event. My goodness. I'm so jealous of everybody that's going to be there. It's a hell of a place. It's hell of a, place. a fantastic place. Oh, are also, you going? No, I had to. I can't play. Oh, okay. Hockey. Hockey's taking over my life. Man, oh, man. All for the good, but 
tis what it is, they say. Some mm-hmm. say. But we yeah. forgot to mention that this is brought to you by Rubberco. Rubberco was founded in 2021, made out of 100% recycled tires. It has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices, the deflector. Check out the website at www.rubberco.com or on social media at Rubberco. Can call as well at 306-541-9840. Think with your head and choose the right rubber. Always. That is the pre-show. This is the pre-show. The pre-show. All right, Tori. Uh, I want to talk PGA a little bit here. I got to watch a, quite a bit of Saturday and Sunday, and then I turned off Sunday to flip to the hockey game and I missed the playoffs. So you might have to fill me in. But Justin Thomas wins over Will Zalatoris. And did you see the post that I put up? I did not see the post that you put up. Literally, Will was teeing off on seven. And the sixth green was like 14 feet from the right of him. It was the weirdest setup ever. It was wild. What? I'm going to send you this, this photo while we're recording. You can uh, look at it and then, you know, discuss what I put out. But anyhow, great event though. Let I, some guys were getting, uh, what's the word? They're losing the, they're leaking some oil coming down the stretch there. Yeah. And that poor guy. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't. A I can't low. begin to try to pronounce his name, but the the guy from I believe it was Chile. Yes. Just oh. So yeah, I sent you the I sent you the post there, but it was a solid event though. I mean, overall, it was you know it was tight at the end. That's what I like about golf tournaments. You know, getting you know a playoff or winning by one or two, like winning by thirty and steep, you know, just lapping everyone else is not not overly fun. But oh my god. You see that thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Goodness gracious, aimed over the left edge of the green. That's a different hole. That's crazy. It's wild. So, anyways, anyhow, we're, if we're you guys super cool. Check it out at underscore off the hosel on Twitter. I also want to bring up did you see the tweet about what John Daly has on a golf course? Oh. Uh-uh. Listen to this. Oh, no, I can't find it now. No. I can't find it. I got her here. Don't worry. Hold on. People are going to be like, what is happening right now? Yeah. This. You blew it. John Daly. The final tally of literally everything he put into his body over eight, over a full 18 holes. Will Brinson tweeted this. Ready for this? It's mind-blowing. 21 cigs, 12 oh, yeah. pokes, 6 packs of peanut butter or peanut M&Ms, and 0.0 ounces of water. His no. body's a temple, dude. The, uh, it, it's funny. I, I thought you were actually going to say, like, it, I thought it was a sound clip, and I was going to say, oh, did you hear the one about, the, like, the 21 cigarettes and 13 Diet Cokes? No, sorry. But I no, thought that that's kind of wild. Wicked. Okay. What a machine. Let's go hockey. Edmonton, Calgary. Edmonton leads that series 2-1. Tampa, Florida sweeps. Tampa sweeps Florida. St. Louis, Colorado, 3-1 Colorado series lead. New York over Carolina right now in a 2-1 series lead. Um, did you watch the Battle of Alberta? Uh, a little bit. I'm actually watching Rangers Carolina as we speak. Rangers are up 2-zip. Two, two nice. 
Um, so we'll see if they keep going. But no, man, Battle of Alberta, that's going to be uh, that's going to be solid. And it'll be interesting. Um, we're not really going to dive deep into it, but with the Colorado series, with the, all the cadre issues, um, that'll be interesting to see if there's some scraps coming up and all that. But right, I think that's about all we need to say about that without getting into trouble. So, for sure, yeah. Uh, okay, so Evan the Calgary, I like the pace for now. Uh, did you also see? I saw this. This it's a TikTok, whatever. On wow, I sound like a ninety-one there. It was a video on Twitter today, and there is. Have you ever seen The Office? Yeah. So it's the voiceover like, "I want to fire Toby," and he's like, "You can't without cause, Michael." Right, like that one. It's because mm-hmm. I hate him. This mm-hmm. girl was wearing a an other jersey, and then it was basically saying, "Michael uh, wanted to get rid of uh, Milan Lucic." It's because because I hate him. And it was it actually blew up over the internet today. It's kind of funny. It's Troy Drew. Anyways, um, Tampa, Florida. Tampa sweeps. <laughs> the most. I thought this series would have been a lot better, but also I didn't really care that much. Tampa, Florida. They win in four. Florida gets shut out in the last in the last game, and I'm pretty sure they led most goals by a team in a salary cap era. Yep. They so did. that that was. I mean, that blew my mind really. Like it, it, it doesn't surprise me that Tampa won, but to sweep them, because Florida just ran the show all year. Yeah. But one thing, one thing I forgot to touch on. How about McDavid is a man on a mission. It's the best player ever. Like it's, ever. it's ridiculous. It's, it's honestly, okay. it's like he's cheating. He's he's got a cheat code. He is so smart and so fast. He he's so good. It's unbelievable. How good he is. <laughs> That's all we got to say. We don't even have to talk about it further. <laughs> okay. So Tampa wins moving on. And like we told our guests today, I said it off the record to him. I said, Tampa only loses the Tampa. Yep. That makes sense. They're that good. Yep. So St. Louis, Colorado, Colorado, they've had some tight games, but Colorado has find a, found a way to uh, win those games. Uh, I can Colorado and San, Tampa Bay meet in the final. Mathematically. Uh, if I had to, Gun to head, I'd say yes. They're so good, too. Colorado's un- unbelievable. And last series you're watching right now, New York and Carolina. Um, I like Carolina's team a lot. I'm not an overly huge fan of the Rangers, they, they, just their structure, the way they play. But Carolina's fun. I like them. I like Rob Brandemore. He's a good coach, I think. And I think I took... I think you took Carolina. Carolina, yeah. I think so. I took Rangers. No, we were on the same period on every one of them except for you took Edmonton to win. I said Calgary to win. Well, that's looking pretty good for me right now. Boom. All right, let's go to our guest today. Our guest today is a buddy of yours. Are you caddy, I believe, caddy form, or are you just known for the golf club? Many times. Okay, so you caddy form. You're known for the golf club since he's a young junior. Um, very intelligent. Uh, I'm going to call him a kid because he's younger than I am. Very oh, he was well-spoken. Very well-spoken, yep. Intelligent, knows the game of golf. He just got accepted to play on the McKenzie Tour, I believe. It was, yeah, McKenzie Tour. Yep. He's played. He's his resume is unbelievable. So if even if even here's a good point too for everyone, even if you don't know the name on a podcast, listen to the story because I was amazed at the end. Like his resume is unbelievable. So if you don't know the name now, you're gonna know it in about three years. 
I'll tell you what, behind, behind the scenes, Drew said, is anyone even going to listen to this? And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, this guy's unreal. He's he's going to be something. I promise. I don't think I use the exact words what I said, but yes, I said. Anyways, listen to the, listen to the interview. He's a great guy. Uh, he'll be, I think, fuck, just from listening to what he, what, what you told me about his resume, um, him, him explaining how to, you know, like golf shots and the courses he's played and how much work he's put in the game. And, and I said it again, intelligent dude. So Wilson Fur, Tory takes the lead on this one today. He does the intro, uh, asks majority of the questions. I jump in, chime in because I didn't really know him. You know, I'm not an Alabama guy. Tory is. And it sounds like you've known him for a long time. So it's a really good interview. And anything further, Tori? I I really don't think so. I hope just everyone enjoys it. It's 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 good, especially especially for young people. Yeah. You know, because this guy, like I've known him since he was 14. So and uh, listen to the end too, because that last question we asked, fuck, I learned a lot. That was super cool. Yeah. No, super he cool. Was, really well spoken and and he says and i've i've said it many times too like just play cobe yeah. said it too fucking i'm not saying that's the right way for everyone but just play golf have fun and enjoy so if you don't know the name you will know the name wilson fur hope you enjoy off the hustle is proudly presented by cutter and buck clothing cutter and buck clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle engineered for exceptional versatility so it'll be perfect for work work from home travel date night golf walking boating hiking and entertaining their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking stretch upf for sun protection and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars added spandex and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish cutter and buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter and Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter and Buck on all their social media platforms. Hey everyone, welcome. We are pleased to have Junior Ryder Cup member, Mississippi State champ, medalist at the USAM, just played his first corn fairy event, Mr. Wilson Fur from Jackson, Mississippi. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Oh, that was good, Tori. Holy shit. So <laughs> pretty solid. Not gonna lie. Uh yeah, Wilson, man. First off, thanks for coming today or jumping on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's kind of sweet. And Tori's talked a lot about you, so we're excited to dive into your golf career and whatnot. But um, you know, first, uh, you know, what's new with you, what's happening, what's new in your world? Yeah, so I mean, not too much new. I'm leaving for uh, Canada uh, next week, uh, playing the Canadian Tour this summer. Nice. So that'll that'll be new because it'll be my first time, like an official season. You know, to have like twelve events to play in. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but because the last four months, five months have been just straight up qualifiers, right? Monday qualifiers and you know, the Canadian school qualifying. And then I got to play in like a couple golf tournaments, which are my favorites. So I'm excited to kind of just settle down and just go play some golf tournaments. Absolutely. Where's, uh, where's the first stop for you in Canada? So we go to Victoria. Nice. 
and then I come home for a week and then it's Edmonton. Yep. And then, um, shoot, I forget the town name. It's Elk Ridge. Oh, nice. You're playing out there. That'd be sweet. Playing in Elk Ridge. And then we fly from there to Prince Island. Holy shit. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even know it was that far over there. I didn't know I was going to Maine. (laughs) Maybe I can check out Oak Island. That's what I want to go see. If any of you Prince Albert guys want a caddy for Wilson, get in touch with me. He play he pays like a full two and a half percent, like at least. It's <laughs> big tipper. That's sick. Yeah, you're, you're gonna love it. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan before? Or no, never been to Canada. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, one, it's cold, but right now you'll you'll be okay. So yeah, we'll be all right. I got plenty of jackets. Well, here's a quick question. Since you say that, what what countries have you been to that like that golf took you to? Yeah, um, I've been shit. Now that's a good question. Um, I've never been to Europe. Watch your language. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can see, no fuck. I'm kidding. Right, <laughs> say right. um, yeah, so I've never been to Europe, um, which is where everyone would expect. But I've been to China, Australia, mm-hmm. Argentina, um, Cabo. So I guess Mexico, um, and now Canada. Wow. Canada next week. So a lot of really cool places. It's, uh, I mean, obviously everybody talks about it, but golf, you know, is really, you, you takes you some really cool places. It takes you some really bad places too. I mean, oh, don't yeah. get me wrong, but if you get the bad, you get the good as well. So, well, you know, when you're as cool. nasty as you are, it definitely takes you good places. I can't so, wait to dive in. Sorry, sorry, Tori. I'm going to one more here, but I can't wait to dive into just your, your golf. You know, Tori talked about all your the things you've won and you've done this and that. So we'll do that in a little bit here. But I want to know, I believe you're from Jackson, Mississippi. Is that correct? Mm-hmm, that's correct. So walk us through, I don't know, what are you, 22, 23? 23 now. All right, all right, 23. Okay, so I want to know a younger uh, Wilson growing up in Jackson, Mississippi. What were you doing? Were you, were you playing hockey at all? Were you pickleball? Like, what kind of sport were you up to? Yeah, I wish I was playing hockey. That sport seems right up my alley. Um, he was a quarterback in the damn football team, man. But yeah, I forgot uh, to tell you that. Played quarterback for a football team. Wow. Um, pitched and I played basketball, but I wasn't very good at basketball. Um, but and I didn't really love basketball as much as the rest. Um, but you're you're oh, so modest when you say not good at basketball. Nice. You probably averaged twenty three and ten every game. No. Um, I was good defense. I had the effort there. Um, okay, wait, you but, played football like for Alabama? No, 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 no. no. no high, high, in high school, school. high school, high school, um, in junior high. Um, I actually quit football my 10th grade year. Okay. Um, which, and then I tried, I was going to actually come back and play my senior year because our team needed a quarterback. Um, and I, I loved it. it. And I was, I was, pretty good i mean i wasn't a college level quarterback but for a jackson private school i could have made a run for the starter for sure um but it is actually funny that he mentioned the junior rider cup i got in the junior rider cup in july i qualified for it my senior year and it actually happened to fall on the big rivalry football game the same dates and i was like listen i'm not going to commit all this time to not be there for that game like i'm not doing that to them i'm not doing that for me I was like, it's just wrong. So I ended up not playing my senior year, um, but was planning on it. So I loved all the sports growing up um, and picked golf about 15, I guess that would be. Okay. 15 was kind of the time where I was like, all right, this is definitely going to be the one sport that I want to pursue. Nice. I love it. 
All right, sorry, sorry, I cut you off there. No, you're fine. Like speaking of 15, so that's probably around the time I met you. Yeah. And I was telling Drew, and I want to tell all these people. So no one knows this guy, but um, Alan, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank? What's Ben, what's Fuller. Ben's dad's name? Alan Fuller. Fuller. Alan Fuller. He was like, hey, do you want to, Ben, ben has a buddy who's playing in the U.S. Junior Qualifier. Do you want a caddy for him? I'm like, all right. And he's like, he's 14. And I was like, okay, this kid's probably going to shoot 80 and walk home with his tail between his legs. He's like, no, he's a hoss. And I'm like, okay, like, sure. And this is right when I was like, if I say in my prime, like I just won the, the, the state or whatever. And I go up there and see you hit like a ball. And I'm like, oh my God. Like at 14, you were hitting it like a man. Oh my God, dude. Like borderline sponsored by Nike. Were you sponsored? Did they give you all yeah. free stuff? I remember you saying you went to the oven in, in Texas. Yeah, they were giving, wow. yeah, I got, I started getting free stuff when I was like 14, 15, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was yeah. unreal. Me and Wilson had a nice little run. Never finished worse than second. That's not bad. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on his bag when he gets, gets yeah. to the, the big tour. <laughs> Okay, well, I want to talk about uh, okay. What Tori's supposed to be steering the interview today? That, that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll steer. Let's talk about we, we were just talking about Junior Ryder Cup. Like, what was that experience like, and yeah. where was it? Yeah, so it was uh, it was in uh, it was a golf course called Interlochen, which is uh, in Minnesota. I don't remember exactly where it was. It's right near Hazeltine. It's like okay. five miles down the road. So it's cool. It's, it's awesome. It's six guys, six girls from America um got in at my senior year and you play four ball alternate shot and then singles against the do, European. do they do it co-ed or so or one of the so the alternate shot was co-ed actually um, okay that's which cool. was that's really cool. interesting because it's odd because they play from so much further up Different so you're hitting now. from spots that you're not used to hitting from and vice versa they are too so um it was cool and then the I think the coolest part of the whole week, A, just getting to know all the guys and girls that were on both sides. Um, and then B was we got to play the Ryder Cup course. Yeah. Oh, like, there you go. With all the people there. Like, it was the craziest thing for me at a senior in high school. I mean, stepping on the first tee, I remember, like, in a Ryder Cup, usually they have these things called the mega groups, which are, like, you know, nine of the guys on the team will be playing a practice round. Mm, okay. And so, therefore, every fan is that's there is is following that crew. So when I so we played the first hole, and I would say there was the stands behind us were probably twenty percent full, but they're massive, and there were probably a thousand people like out there, if I had to guess, which was a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I was ready for what was coming next because we played the first hole. We go to the second tee, and nine or I guess eighteen might be whichever one it is, is to the left. And that's where the mega group was. That's and funny. I mean, th there were more people than I've ever seen in my life in this one spot. And I just remember that was like the coolest thing to me. Um, so we got to play nine holes around uh, Hazeltine, um, like the day before the Ryder Cup, like so in the Ryder Cup conditions, you know, all that stuff. And then got to stay for the Ryder Cup. So that was just a really cool experience how were the conditions was it like unlike anything anything you've seen no i mean that's um i've actually noticed this more in pro golf 
but the conditions of the course aren't always as hard as you think. Like the greens are faster mm -hmm. um, and firmer, but in a weird way, it's like if you're, if your skill level, like if you were a six handicap, the golf course would be exponentially harder um, just because balls are rolling. You can't stop it. But if you're like, you know, a professional golfer or close to it at that time, the balls aren't spinning back. They're just stopping kind of where they are. You right. know, putts are rolling perfect. You know, the condition, everything's perfect. So you're not going to get some crazy lie. So I was rolling around there like, man, this, this feels awesome. You know, after playing high school golf where you're putting over a, you know, a tree stump in the middle of the green, like this feels pretty, <laughs> this doesn't feel quite as hard. But I mean, the, I obviously the Ryder Cup's not going to be set up that hard. Um, the U.S. Open last year was just as hard as they say it is. So, um, so what does a guy that is zero zero point one handicap shoot at that course? Hazel team that year? Yeah. Um, probably. Like with no people out there, like on a normal day. Like yeah, 82, probably 80. Holy shit. Really? Oh, how but are you? I, I mean, the, the biggest thing is if they played it again, they would shoot 76. But the, the, the problem is, is they're not used to those conditions. So I'm not breaking part of those, what you're saying? Uh, not your first time, but I do think that you would pick Drew, up you on never fucking quick. break part. What are you talking about? It's just the fact of like a normal chip shot. Like everyone is used to seeing, okay, I'm going to land this 10 feet short of the hole and my ball is going to stop. Well, it's not. And yeah. it's hard to like wrap your brain around what's about to happen. But yeah. once you see it and you're like, okay, wait, I can't spin the ball here. Therefore I'm just going to run it up there. You, I feel like you would catch on pretty quick. And I think you'd shoot probably 77 would probably be where it nets out. I'll take that all day. I'll take it. That is so dope that you got to play there. That's unreal. Hey, so, so next step after junior Ryder cup, let's go back to uh, winning the Mississippi state am. Yeah. How wicked was that? Like, how many did you win by? Like, I want to say 12. You won by a million. I don't remember, but it was a few. It was more. It was comfortable. Yeah, it was comfy. Um, but it wasn't comfy for a little while there. Um, I remember, I think it was like five. I don't think it was like 12. Um, okay. But I was, it was at my home golf course. Um, a lot of pressure, though, playing home track. It is. And I got off to a really good start that week. Um, I think I was leading by five or six going into the last round. And I remember missing a couple putts, you know, kind of a slow bleed started around like four or five, like seven, 10, like made a couple bogeys and, and then they were making birdies. So I think it got to be one or two at that point. And my dad was actually on the bag and I forget what it was. It was on like the 10th hole. I had like a four footer and I'm like, Hey dad, like, do you think it's right edge? And he's like, yeah. And I missed it. And I'm like, I can't believe we didn't see. He goes, if you have to ask me one more time for a read, he goes, you play the sport every day. He goes, I sell chicken. Like, mm -hmm. he's like, so quit asking me, you, you do it. And it was almost like that clicked for me. It was like, you're right. Like I got to quit. It was almost like I was looking for someone to blame, you know, it's like does a he, weird situation. Does he work for Sanderson Farms? He works for Tyson Foods, which is really oh, funny. Okay. Yeah, like a direct competitor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so then I, I remember birdie in 11 and I think I birdie like 14 or 15 and kind of got myself a pretty good lead again and, and finished well. So, and then that was, I mean, that was just really cool because that was something that I wanted to do. I had a decent shot at winning it the year before. 
and, and didn't finish very well. Um, so it was, it was something that I had on my sights. I remember for a while at that age. And so to get it done at home was, it was really cool. We had a bunch of people out there. I mean, it was, it was awesome. So Wilson, like, right that point there, you know, you're looking for someone to blame essentially with what you're saying. When did you learn, you know, control what, what you can control? Because now you're going into like, you know, pro pro golf and it's only going to get harder. Um, you know, when did you learn that? Uh, I mean, if we're being a hundred percent honest, it's something I'm still working on. Right. Um, I mean, it's not one of those things. I feel like that's, you've got it or you don't, you know, it's like, and it's actually, some, I was literally reading a book about it before I was talking to y'all because it's something that kind of fascinates me a little bit. Um, and I'm not, it's fascinated me, but I, I wish I could say I was better at it, but I'm not, I wasn't, I haven't been doing a great job of it in the last, you know, probably year. Um, and so really that mental side of things has, like I said, it's always fascinated me, but it's almost like the way someone worded it to me one time was like cliches or cliches until they mean something to you until you, until that happened. And you're like, shit, that's not just a cliche. That's, that's a thing. Yeah. And I think for my whole life, all these things were cliches, you know, that you hear in golf and whatnot. And as I've gotten kicked in the face enough playing golf, like I'm starting to actually understand that they're not cliches, right? They're, you know, some of the things. So I've had to, I'm still working on some of those things, but I do feel like I'm making some good progress and I got some cool people working with. So for sure, it's, it's self-awareness too. That's just probably the big thing too. Like just I was just going to say that's So it, it's, I mean, you're, you probably don't feel young, but you're young, like that you're aware of the, all that. Like that's pretty impressive, Wilson. Yeah. I mean, it just forces you to, I think, I don't think it's like some innate, you know, special ability, but I mean, when you're out there traveling week in, week out, just getting, I mean, golf kicks you in the face. I mean, it, it always will. You kicks the other places. It, too. It, I mean, if you don't work on these things and if you don't have any awareness, you're not going to make it. And, and not even the fact that like, you're not going to shoot low enough scores. Like you're physically or mentally not going to make it. Like you can't run the race long enough <laughs> beating yeah. your head into the wall every day. And I've done that. I mean, and I still, hopefully I don't do it as much in the future, but you know, it, it really is one of those things that you have to learn for survival out right. there. So I, I don't want to jump too far forward, but before I forget to ask this question, speaking of making it, how many like say Alabama alums or friends that you've had that made it pro like have you spoken to about making it? Um, I I wouldn't say that I've like directly spoken to too many people about it. Um, for the only reason of everybody's kind of got their own deal that they've got to do. You know, it's like for one of my buddies to make the PJ tour, he's probably got to do X and Y, and I got to do R and Z. You know, it's like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little different, but I have picked as many people's brain as I could just, you know, about certain things about making it, I guess, like my R and Z, I guess, in that situation. Like I've asked a bunch of questions about those things, um, mm -hmm. but not just about the I mean, it's it's pretty apparent to me the more you play out here, like everyone wants to be on the PGA Tour. You know, that's right. not a defining characteristic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, that's why I'm not. Or everyone we play against, you know, on a daily basis, yeah. everybody wants to make it. So I'll it's like, I'm not going to ask somebody about that because they're here. So it must mean that that's their goal. Right. Um, I more want to pick their brain on like, 
the ones that made it, like, what was the difference? Like, what is the difference that I'll ask them that I've asked a bunch of people that question is what is the biggest difference between you and you three years ago? Hmm. And what's really interesting is none of them ever clearly they've gotten their technique better. I mean, there's, that's probably an aspect, but no one mentions it. No one's ever like, man, I strengthened my grip and I'm on the freaking PGA tour now, yeah. baby. It just doesn't work that way. It's always something like, man, you know what? I quit, I quit doing something. It, it's, you know, it's never, it always is like a subtraction game. It's never like a addition. So it's been an interesting thing to talk to people about for sure. And, and you've got a great opportunity at, at Shoal Creek in Birmingham. Um, oh, yeah. Like there's a lot of pros there. Mm-hmm. So like, do you pick their brains? Like Trey, Zach, Sepp Straka. Yeah. Guys like that. Absolutely. I mean, then those are the people that I'm mostly referring to that like I pick their brain on and like, I don't wear them out, you know, but if I've got a pressing question, like I'm not scared to ask. Dude, um, you should wear them out. You should. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, but it, it's more to me, like I view them a little bit more as peers now than I did mm-hmm. um, because we play together all the time. Right, and like right. when we're playing against each other, I mean, in golf, it's not like he's going to shoot 54 and I'm going to shoot, 70 you know it's like i can compete with them and they know that and i know that and so when i'm out there playing against them like i kind of view them as a peer Mm -hmm. and it a bar you know it's like okay can i meet that standard because clearly that's pga tour standard like can i meet it and you know if i've gotten my face kicked in enough i'll ask a question but until that point i'm going to kind of go for it well Wilson, tori and i aren't your uh, your life coaches but i love this right now and i want to ask about alabama uh, you play four years there played four years there yep so i want to know like you just mentioned obviously about you know just growth in general but you know from years one to four how much did you learn i mean obviously with the golf you just practice and you worked out and you played events but you know even just like school at like school too like how, how do you manage you know you're on the road lots and then you know what was that atmosphere like yeah i mean it's unbelievable um it's uh I would say from freshman year to senior year. So freshman year, it's actually a side story, but I had the driver high yas. I mean, just dead right every time. Oh, okay. I like bad, but big time. And I couldn't make the lineup my um my entire fall of that year, of my freshman year. Not even close to making the lineup. And I I mean, if you take away the driver from me, I was gonna play on that team. I thought, um, and, but I couldn't figure it out. And so I think that that whole situation, I got through it that winter, went and saw a different coach kind of went to work. Like I always joke about it. Like that was my winter, like away. Like I just went home and I was like, this is a mission this winter. I don't care what people are doing. I'm not doing it because I'm doing this and got in the lineup the rest of the spring and, you know, played. So I think that was probably one of the biggest things early on for me was to kind of really get kicked in the face with the game of golf. Cause up to that point, everybody lips out a putt or whatnot, but I hadn't had any like true, like big time struggles in the game. Um, and so that kind of, I would say kind of reinvigorated my like enjoyment of golf. It wasn't that I wasn't enjoying it. It was just that I enjoyed it more after that. And then as the four years progressed, I mean, my game got a little better but maybe not at the rate that I would have liked. Um, Coach Sewell will probably tell you the same thing. 
Um, and, you know, I just got like a little bit better every year. I never really had any like surges. Right. You know, I think my junior year, I was probably like the 80th best player in the country. My senior year, I was like 30th. Wow. Um, but it was no like, you know, one year. Right. And in the last since college, I feel like has been the. Just right up. Yeah. You jumped. Jump. Leap. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I joke with people, but it once you need to do something, you'll do it. But in, right. it's and like I tell people this with college that like one of the downsides to it for me was how much stuff was done for me. You know, I mean, like you don't have to do there's not that many no. like there is some stuff with school, but school school, you just got to do your work. You know, it's just right. a very binary. If you do your work and, you know, you have and you listen in class like you're going to do fine. So Drew, do, do you know this. do you know the definition of binary, Drew? I think you have to just do it right. I, I don't want to hurt your brain. Never mind. We'll keep going. But you know, uh, once I left school, I think I, it's not that that school is doing anything wrong. It's just that the real world kind of hits you. I just feel like you. I learn from experience better than I do in theory. And right. so after school, it's been a real, you know, kind of having to straighten up and get it together. And so that's kind of what I did with the wedges and the putting. That was what was your degree thing. in, Wilson? Business management. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. I'll go next through here. Let's walk through right after Alabama. You were the medalist at the U.S. Amateur. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. How um, sick was that? Yeah, so that was actually right before my senior year. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. So that, no, you're good. Uh, it was right. It was the, uh, yeah, right before my senior year out at Band and Dunes. Um, I'd never seen it, never played links. Um, didn't really know what to expect. I mean, obviously you see pictures, but when I got there, I just, I thought it was so sick. And I'll tell you the biggest thing, and this one you can tell to your listeners a little fun tip here for wind and golf. Um, but I got this tip this week from my coach because it was so windy out there. I mean, like some days it'd feel like 10 to 15, but other days it's like 20 to 30. And once it gets over 20, I'm like, I don't know what this is about to do to my ball. You know, like that's I miles really... per hour folks, not kilometers. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry up there. You're uh, good. <laughs> but what we, what he told me was, he's like, dude, you got to simplify this. He goes, if it's 10 miles an hour in it's 10%. If it's 20 miles an hour in it's 20%. If it's 30, 30%. And I started running the math on it. I'm like, wait, that actually makes sense. And not only did it make sense, he had like tested it and it was right. And so I just felt like just, I had this advantage because I was like, I know exactly, not exactly, but I got a really good idea as to how far my ball is going to go. And I felt like I was playing well. And I felt like a lot of people didn't. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just kind of went out there and started making some birdies um, played solid the first day. Nothing like crazy. I think I shot like three under on the abandoned dunes. Nothing crazy. Was, three under at the no, US. I mean, it was, it was good. It was really good golf, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't run in any long putts. It was just par, par, par birdie, par, par, par birdie. Um, and then the second day got, I got really hot. Uh, we played the trails and I started off birdie, birdie, three putt. 
and it was a par five and a three putted. Oh, and I was like, shit. I was like, that could have been three hundred through three. And I was like, I just remember thinking like, all right, I'm playing very well. And I was like, I'm right. just going to, I got to keep, keep going, keep the, keep the pedal down here. Cause you never know in these things. So I birdied four, birdie seven, birdie eight, birdie nine, birdie 10, birdie 12, birdie 13, birdie 14. And so I'm like nine under through 14. And then I three putted 16. And I'm like for par again. So I'm like, I got two freaking three putts for par. Then I bogey 17. And I'm like, I mean, it's blowing like 30. So, you know, two, it's a 200 yard par three. It wasn't too bad. Um, but, and then birdie 18 and walked in and found out that I broke the course record and the, like the second lowest score in the USAM history wow. on Billy Horschel. So I was like, that was sick. And it was just such a, one of those days that like, it didn't even dawn on me that it had happened. Right. So it was, uh, it was a really cool experience, but then just like everything in golf, you get kicked in the face again. I shot 66 the next day in the first round of match play and won. Go to the second round of match play and shot bogey-free 69 and lost. So I lost in the round of 32, and I was 19 under par for the week. So is- it was it, – it, that's just golf, though. I mean, it's just – it finds a way to kind of beat you down, and so that's really is why the skill of the – the brain is just such an important thing. That's wild. that is still so like so incredible. Nineteen cheese and and no your T seven and there's a T seventeen for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> God dang it. That's wild. But no, for sure it, it did. It, it, it was a, probably one of the cooler experiences. I mean, just USGA events, they just have like a different aura to them um, right. when you get there, and so it was just kind of like you know, to do that there was really, really cool. Well, you're going to need that wind math uh, for Elkridge. Like it's windy in Saskatchewan. So there's a little, I'm ready for it. It is unbelievable. Like if we did a nice day, like today, it's usually during the work week for golf. It's like 25. Perfect. Weekends, (laughs) six day wins. Got to hit these stingers, but you're also sheltered by trees at Elkridge too, though. So that's helpful. Be fine there. It'd be fine there. Okay, I want to ask about your this. Uh, I think Tori mentioned a corn fairy. You, you played an event already, is that correct? I sure did. Uh, walk us through, you know, your first is that your first pro event? No, uh uh-uh. uh. No. So, I uh, first pro event was actually the USO. Oh, the US, yeah, sorry. So, um, but no, this was my first corn fairy event. You're, you're 100. Um, I missed at second stage of Q school last year, um, right. in California, so I didn't get corn fairy status, and so did all the Monday qualifiers this spring. and I mean, shot like four or five under most of them, you know, anywhere from two to four under five under and you don't get through and then got a sponsor's invite into um, Huntsville. Nice. Huntsville Corn Ferry. Let's go. That's in Alabama for, for people who don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's cool because a lot of the guys that I played with when I was younger are out there. So it wasn't like some, I felt like I was ready to compete. Um, You know, I didn't feel like awestruck or, anything like quite like the U S open, um, and went out there and did just that, um, was in contention all week. Um, I think I was in ninth going into the last day. Um, and you know, kind of back to the, you know, self, I guess, diagnosis or whatever, like I kind of let it get to me on the back nine. Cause if you finish top 25, you get into the next week. Right. And I wasn't in the next week. 
and was playing well. It was like one under through 14 or even through 14. Missed a short putt on 15, about a five-footer. Missed a four-footer on 16. And then I was in 26th place going into the last hole. And, I mean, this is – I mean, it's a cool story, but, it, you know, it hurt a little bit. Right. Um, so, I'm looking at the – have you all ever seen the um, the picture of, like, Michael Phelps and the other guys swimming? Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. like, winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. Like, yep. so this is what this felt like, like living in real life afterwards. So I was staring at the leaderboard because I wanted to know if I was in the top 25 or not, which to my credit, it was a probably a good thing to do. Cause if I top 25, I'd taken a conservative shot and try to get up and down 26. <laughs> I got to slice it around the trees. So I was in 26 and my brain immediately went, okay, I got to hit a slice. I got to move that stick behind the ball, moved it, ball moved penalty. Ugh. No. But it was just because I was so wrapped up in what I couldn't do anything about under, oh. you know, when you're under the gun, you know, you don't think quite as clearly. Um, Fuck. You need so, to fire yeah. Robbie. He should, no, he, this wasn't his fault. I mean, this was all me. Um, I blame I blame him. But that's all right. <laughs> He'll take it. But no, I mean, it was it was and that's kind of like I said, that's what you have to learn from in golf, you know, it's like right. what was different about those four holes than the previous 68. And it took a little while to kind of figure out the answer, but I think, you know, I'll be better for it. Yeah, absolutely. Wicked. Uh, well, I guess, is it time for questions from the gallery? We want to do that. All right. We well, can. Off to our segment called questions from the gallery sponsored by rubber co. Rubberco was founded in 2021, made out of 100% recycled tires, has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices, the Deflector. Check out the website at www.rubberco.com or on social media at Rubberco. And you can call as well at 306-541-9840. Think with your head and choose the right rubber. Boom. All right, Wilson. You uh, were you, you just them. mentioned... What? We need some rubber co for uh, for Wilson's uh, truck box when he's buzzing around on the clean interior. Here. There we do. There <laughs> we go. go. Hey, right. You just mentioned you played at the U.S. Open. Where? What course is that at? Uh, Tory Ponds. Oh, never, never heard, heard of it, guys. Wow, <laughs> must be nice. Who Who on the driving range were you most starstruck by? Um, probably Rory. Oh, I mean. Yeah. It's hard not to. I mean, I'd never seen it like up close. Mm. So I was just, I've watched so many videos. I'm like, I got to put a picture to the, uh, you know, an eye to the picture here. And it was, I mean, he hits it so much higher than you would think. Right. That was my biggest takeaway. Like, yeah, his swing, in a weird, his swing is probably the best in the world. So don't take this from badly. Like, it probably is the best in the world. But when you see it in person, it seems more normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm if that makes any sense, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's beautiful. But like, I've seen good golf swings, you know, like that wasn't what got me. It was how high it went. That kind of blew my head. I mean, his driver is so much higher than the next guys. It's, I mean, it was unfathomable. He follows um, us. So he'll probably hear this. What, <laughs> what do you think his launch angle would be? I mean, probably like, it's gotta be like 14 or 15. I mean, if he's sitting at that high, dude, I remember the first year, I think I, 
2010 masters was the first time i saw him hit in life and on the range it was like he was just peppering like the pin with four irons yeah i mean like it's it's unreal watching him on the range it's pretty darn impressive but him and uh probably louis oosthuizen because his rhythm was as good as it looks like in person like it's just unbelievable like watching someone who looks like the ball's gonna go like right in front of them with their pace and it just shoom. <laughs> i love it i love you wilson all right wilson what is your handicap i don't even know i don't keep it um really? I, I gotta be no i mean we're in, i mean my my job's just shooting lower than everybody else so <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> but i mean if i had to guess probably like a plus five with, All right. with the shoulder shrug, plus five. Oh, that's sick. No, it's more than that. I can tell you that. I've Lay, seen this kid. Like, what do you oh, – I'm trying to picture that later. Plus – so, like, are you shooting, like, 67 day, like every day? I mean, I would say Shoal Creek from the back is probably, like – what would you think, Tori? Like a 76 handicap? Uh, Like – Like the rating? Horse rating? Course rating probably 76, yeah. 76. So, like, I would say, like, if I go play Shoal Creek, like, on a normal day, like, my net average would probably be, like, two and a half to two under. Wow. So, I guess that would be, like, plus six-ish in accordance to the handicap. But that's why I don't love the handicap because it's, like, it depends which home course you play. All courses are different, yeah. Like, my home golf course is a 76 rating, and I'd shoot five under every day. So, I'm on plus nine? Like, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even know. Tiger Woods in the plus nine. So, like, I'm not. <laughs> that it was, not. though. Fair enough. All right. It, th- this is a bit of a sore subject, but I have to ask you. All right. When uh, when you may or may not have three wiggled in that playoff at Sanderson Farms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many F-bombs did you drop? Um, so it was funny. I actually dropped one on the first one. So it was a hard thing to see on the video, but it'll give, um, more context, I guess. So the, there was a three for two for the Sanderson farms, which is my home golf course. So I shot five under in the Monday qualifier and I was in a three for two playoff. This and for PGA tour, not for the PGA Ferry. tour. And so this, there's, we play a par five, dog-leg left, hard dog-leg left, and then a par four. And you just play them on repeat until one person's been eliminated. Well, the pin on this par five is literally on a slope like this. And if it rolls past the hole, it pretty much goes off the green. It's crazy pin, but that's the way they did it. So the first, go, the first hole, the guy in my group hits it to 15 feet for eagle. And he putted it off the green. It wasn't that bad of a putt. It just, that's the way that it was. And so I actually on the first playoff hole had an eight footer right at it to get in the Sanderson farms. But if I hit it by the hole, it might roll off the green. Talk about a tough decision. Oh, um, but ended up just kind of easing it up there so that it didn't go off the green, broke too much and missed it. So then, long story short, the third playoff hole, 
got Eagles. So now it's two for one. Went to the sixth playoff hole, and I had 45 feet for Eagle. And the pin is, like, there. But I'm kind of coming at it at a little different angle, so it probably won't roll off the green, but it'll roll by the hole. And so I remember telling myself, I'm like, whether I hit this thing a foot by the hole or five feet by the hole, it's going to be more than five feet past the hole. So, like, just make it. And I was certain with a foot out that it was in. Certain. I mean, I think I posted the video on my Instagram so y'all can be the yeah, judge. I'll it over sure after. Um, but I was certain it was in and it lipped out Ugh. and went about uh, six, five, five, six feet by. Oh boy. Y'all got to um, see this video. It's unreal. <laughs> we're going to clip this and put it on. We're gonna, yeah. We're, and so I had, you know, a six footer outside left and I missed it, you know, like <laughs> I hit it too hard and it went, never broke. And that's that. I mean, but the, the F-bombs probably came in the car for sure. Um, but And then right after the first putt lipped out, because I was I was walking it in. I mean, you can see it in the video. Like oh, I was, It was going in, dude. I, I, I mean, saw the video. I, yeah, I was pretty dang sure about it. Um, so I think that was probably the most heartbreaking part was that I thought I had it, and then I didn't. But That's tough. That's golf. That is golf. Fuck, just have Ironman pins out, hey, for a qualifier for a PGA event. It's on a slant. Yeah. Okay. That's what they do though. They, Cause the golf courses usually aren't too hard. So if they did, right. they don't want to embarrass themselves. That's what golf courses feel like. They're like, we don't want guys coming in here shooting 10 under. So we'll put this pin right there. Cause they can't make a birdie there. And they're right. I mean, it's hard, but you know, Fair it's enough. still an easy golf course. So it's like, it's not too bad. All righty. Lowest round Wilson. 60. Fuck. It's a joke. Huh. Any bogeys in that round? Probably not. My favorite story in the world, I think. <laughs> I, I lost three and two. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I got some mean friends. Yeah. Uh, I was oh, playing my four buddies from home, and they structured some match, and I wasn't really paying attention to it. And my buddy, he was like, it's going to be a tough one for you today on the first hole. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I didn't really listen, and – yeah, I lost three and two and shot 60. So it was, oh, so <laughs> it was you an were unwinnable giving bet. It was an unwinnable bet is what it was. But my, what my friend would tell you is that's how you win. <laughs> you set up a bet or you can't lose. <laughs> but, um, no, I actually – I was actually uh, 11 under – no, 10 under with two to play. And I was like, okay, I've got an eagle. Or, yeah, 10 under with two to play. So I was like, I got an eagle 17, which is a par five, because 18 is a par four. I'm like, I got an eagle this hole. And I hit it to like 30 feet for eagle. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm going to make this thing. Like, and I missed it. And I was so mad because it's just like a who cares round. And I'm like, but I, I wanted to shoot 59. I don't care too much about 61 or 62 at this point. I'm like, just right. I want 59. So I missed it and it went like four feet by and I missed that one. Oh. And I hold out from the middle of the fairway on 18. No, for a deuce for 60. <laughs> and I'm like, all I had to do was tap in the, I mean, who knows if you tap in the four footer, do you hold out on 18? You can't go back, but it's just right. funny to me that that's what the way that it played out. That's wild. Jeez. 
All right. Drew, I got I got I got three more quickies here. I got two more and then the finishing one. Boom. Um, who's your biggest fan? Gotta be my mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have. I got it written down. Mom, biggest fan. No doubt. I love she goes nuts when you make a birdie. Really? She's a, bull, she's a bulldog. Sick. Yeah, she's she's oh awesome. yeah, she's the sweetest lady. I love her. Is it she's who, Kim? She's who I want to go to war with. If I went to war, that's who I want on my is Kim her name? Uh, or am I way off? What? Denise. Denise, yeah, I was close. Kim Denise. Sounds the same. You blew All me. All right. You blew well, me. since that was a really quick one, um, best course you've ever played or more or favorite course. My question. Because you probably got to play some sick sick yeah so i'll say this so i've a lot of people ask me this question and i answer it this way my my the nicest golf there maybe i've played a lot of nice places so don't get me wrong but i think the prettiest golf course i've ever played is martis camp in lake tahoe it's up in the mountains um played the u.s junior there it was the u.s junior you were on the bag for that's where we went no i no the the qualifier no, I know, but the qualifier at Birmingham Country Club when I was yeah, 14, yeah, yeah. that was to get to Mars. I remember your mom asked me if I wanted to go, but yeah. I couldn't really afford to. Yeah, no, but that was that was for Marta's camp. Okay. And then, But my favorite golf course to play is this place in Mississippi called Halifax Holes. And it was a hunting camp. Or it still is a hunting camp, but it's like a 10,000-acre hunting camp. And the guy who took care of the whole place, he lived there year round. And he was like, can I make a couple greens out there? And they were like, sure. I mean, we're not going to um, stop you. You do a great job out here. Long story short, over time, now there's three greens. And there, it's like a part of like 69. Like you can make it whatever you want. And you play the holes in different ways. Mm-hmm. And there's a cow pasture up the left and there's a highway up the right. Like a, you're not like an interstate, but like just a little highway road. And so it's like, those are your boundaries. Like if you're in the cow pasture, you're out of bounds. If you're over the road, you're out of bounds. Anything else in there, play as you may. And so it's like, you play this way to this hole, back around. Then you can go like back around. Like there's all these different combinations to just play to these three greens. That's sweet. And they have carts now. And it's it's just a blast. I mean. That is cool. That is kind of cool. Nobody takes themselves too seriously out there because it's not really golf. And it's just, I think it's everything that's fun about golf, just like encapsulated into a place. So I I think if I had to go play one place, like, you know, if I had one round left, like I'd probably play there all day. Have you played Squire Creek in Louisiana? I actually haven't, um, but I've heard a lot of amazing things. It's, it's, it's nice and it's hard. Mm -hmm. All right, Drew. My uh, second last one, favorite shot shape, but what shot do you prefer to hit more often than not? Fade and fade. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm a draw guy through and through. If I hit a Stick cut, with it's it then. not on purpose. Yeah, no. I mean, it's – I always joke with people, your favorite shot should be the one that comes off the bat more than the others. Right. Whichever one comes off there more. And for me, I feel like with a fade, I can go hard through right. it. And that's kind of how I like to play. I like to play with a little bit of aggression. For sure. And so the fade just feels like it favors that aggression. The draw, I feel like I get a little guidey. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which for some people, it's the opposite. And so it's that's just kind of the nature of the game. And so for me, that's pretty much, I would say, 80% of my shots work left to right. I like it. Tori? All right. I don't know if 
Miss Denise is going to hear this, but give me your uh, your best time off the course at Bama. Memorable night, something crazy story. You name um, it. That's a because there's got to be. I'm that's sure. A great, no, a it's a it's a great question. Probably the the Alabama LSU game. Uh, yeah. What year? That was my junior year, I think. It was at home, and like Trump was there. The Secret oh, yeah, Service yeah. is there. I mean, it was what? I mean, it was just chaos. I mean, it was like, and it was like one v two. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, and Alabama actually lost that game. Yeah, I um, but I just remember that was like, nineteen. Mm-hmm. That's right. I just remember that whole atmosphere, just like everything. I was just like. This is, and it was just cool to me. Like, I, obviously, like in a national championship game, like this, the elevated state is already there because of the thing. But this was a regular season game. I mean, this mm-hmm. wasn't the national championship. This is a regular season game, and it just felt like the Super Bowl. Wilson, and this is how old I am. The the I've been to a I don't know how many Alabama games, but a, quite a few. But two thousand nine. Julio Jones went down the sideline and that's the loudest I've ever heard uh, the stadium going. And that was against LSU. Yeah. It's something it's about just, it. It's, it's like it's Alabama big, and LSU. They thing. just don't, get but they're along. the greatest fans though. Like when you tailgate, Oh, it's awesome. They're, they're awesome. so I nice mean, to you. Yeah. I mean, they're just so passionate, like both sides. It's just, that's what you're looking for. You know, it's just give me some chaos. Yeah. So okay. I would say that that, Maybe it wasn't like the craziest story ever, but that was like my most memorable. Like, day. well, you you got to keep it PG in case. Yeah, Denise is listening. <laughs> All righty, uh, Tori, I'm gonna get my last one out here, and you know, usually in the podcast, this one here, Wilson, but for you in your case, you're a golfer, and now you're a pro golfer, and in a you know, hopefully we see you on the PGA sooner or later. Here, what is some advice to a young you know golfer today, junior boy, junior girl? Uh, amateur that wants to play college golf wants to play pro golf um you know just some advice for them on what it takes to you know make it absolutely um i think the number one biggest thing is is to not overcomplicate it i've fallen victim to it and plenty of people have um but i was talking about this actually the other day with somebody and i was like in youth baseball no one grabs gives you a baseball bat and says hey this skill's really hard you know, like no one does that. They're like, Hey, hit that thing that way. Everyone in golf right now, this is a really hard sport now. Like, you know, we need to get some lessons and it's like, I get it, but I think that they just need to go play. Like, and I think the best way I would teach somebody to play good golf is let's say you're an eight-year-old. Don't play the red tees. Don't play the white tees. Tee it up to where you can shoot 36. Now, I saw this Operation 36, and I thought it was the most genius thing ever, so I'll give them a plug. But it's like good golf is shooting 36, so 72. That is how you play golf. You find a level to where you can shoot that score from. If that's 10 yards in front of the green is where you tee off, and that's where you shoot 30 – or that's where that's possible. That's great. So start there. And then it's like, okay, I played the par fours at 10 yards. I played the par threes at five and I played the par fives at 40 and I shot 36. All right, now let's move back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think what that teaches is it teaches the core concepts of the game, like putting, chipping, scoring. 
and it provides more fun because no one wants to sit there and top 20 golf balls off the first tee. They're never going to come back again. Right. And so I think that the, the, the driver and like long irons off the ground, they're kind of hard to pick up on in the beginning. So don't even try. Let's just start it with what the game actually is like, Hey, your objective is to get this ball in that hole in 36 shots. And that's it. And it's like, when it's framed that way, I feel like as a kid, I would have, that's kind of how it was framed to me. And as a kid, I was like, that sounds awesome. I do like but that. when it's just like, Hey, try I've to hit never ball heard of that top cool. it. And it's like, that's horrible. No one wants to do that. Like I wouldn't. Um, and so Good point. I, I refer people to that all the time is just figure out and take your ego out. Just figure out a place that you can shoot 36 and work from there. I'm not going to lie. I, Sorry, I cut you off, Wilson. I'm not going no, to lie because I, like, I love that story. That's kind of cool. I used to like hit my fairway woods from the fairway and I'd team up this high just yeah. so I did the height, right? And get it going, right. get in the air. And then I learned how to hit it. But that's a, that's a cool little story though. What's it called? Operation 36? Operation 36, I believe. Um, but no, I think that would be the best way that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think the only way to get someone good at golf is to get them to enjoy golf. You're not going to be able to put in the time if you don't like it. And so you've got to get people to like it in the beginning. That's the only goal. It's not yeah. to teach them how to swing. And so I think that's how you frame it, because that is what the game is at whatever level you play. Hey, hey, golf Saskatchewan, if you're listening, Brian Lee and Clark Stork and the boys, I'm going to do Operation 36 at Cook this summer. I think it's so awesome. I yeah, do sweet. it wherever. Because you can do it at any golf course. There's no technology needed. There's no nothing needed. It's just figure. And, it, and it's cool because it's like at some point you're like, everyone succeeds at some point. It's like I shot 36 and it's like, oh, sweet. Where are you moving back to now? Like, what's the next challenge you're taking on? And it's like, I'm going to do it from 100 on par fours. And then before they know it, once they start picking up the game of golf, their learning curve actually picks up. They'll be at the red tees before you know it. Yeah. Like, you scale back pretty quick, but it's that Mm -hmm. initial scale that's hard. And that's the gap where people quit the game of golf (laughs) or never play. That is that gap. So that's what you got to get through. And so I think that's the way to do it. I love it. Good advice, Wilson. Man, uh, Tori, thanks again for setting this, in, this whole thing up today. You have a bright future, pal. Uh, you're going to do great things. Um, you know, we're wishing nothing but the best. I'm sure Tori, Tori will be in your year lots and let us know how, you know, how you're doing. And, you know, we're rooting for you. We love seeing, you know, success stories. And um, I wish you nothing but the best this year on your first year pro. You know, appreciate rip it. it up and have some fun. And, yeah, I appreciate you coming on today. No, absolutely. Thank y'all for having me. And I'm looking forward to playing some golf. Lost Mountain Distilleries spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer, like hibiscus lime vodka, sweet tea vodka, local coconut vodka, and local watermelon vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from Last Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, raspberry mojito, gin fizz, and mango seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountaindistillery.com to learn more.
episode 120 has now come to a complete halt. Wilson Fur, Tori, not going to lie. Wasn't sure what we were going to get there. And what I got was a lesson on school, on smarts of the game. And a very, like I said 500 times in the, the pre-show, a smart dude. It's a smart cookie over there. I don't know what they're doing over in Alabama, but they're smart. <laughs> so, and from his resume, like I said in the pre-show, and you heard it in the podcast, this guy's going to be on tour. Not only to Dude, be this, he's going to play, and he's going to be good. And my God, he's going to play. <laughs> Happy he, is, he has been on a fast track since, like I said, I met him when I was 14, or when he was 14. Shit, right. sorry. But, no, he's he's a sharp cookie. He's a great kid. Um, even when I met him then, like, A, he hit it like a man. B, he acted like he was 23 at the time. Like, he, he was just so mature, uh, well-spoken. All, like, just, he's always just been uh, ahead of the curve. Like, he's, he's incredible. And I hope the best for him. And I... Um, I don't want to make a guarantee, but I'm very confident that he's going to make the big show. He's going to play. I'm just here. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, so when did he finish school? Did he just finish school? Yeah. Uh, 2020, I want to oh. say. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, sorry, 2021. Okay, so wouldn't they keep handicapped? I'm just wondering, wouldn't they keep a handicap until they turn pro? I don't they keep one in yeah. college? Yeah. Okay. Well, in college, he would have, yeah. Right. So. Okay. Just curious. I was wondering, though. I mean, like, but like I said, like, my cousins were both, like, plus six and plus sevens. Like, you just told me you're a plus four at one point. Like, that's nasty. The lowest I've ever been is a plus 1.9. And, like, I don't know if I ever get back there. But right now, I'm at a 0.1. I'll keep it. Or plus 0.1. That's fine. No, that's me. perfect. That's perfect. But that is a good point that you made, though, about, like, handicaps and how, like, different courses i believe is it the ratings that they call it course rating yeah well he made a point there and i think a lot of good players see i don't understand all that logistics stuff all that stuff i just okay i'm a plus one today i give you i give two shots back or whatever right or do you have one and then one more well like like my best ever was plus 4.7 but it's because i played at riverside and the course rating was high there and i had a couple like mid 60 rounds and all of a sudden it just skyrocketed from like two and a half to 4.7 right it's like what so does what is the highest rating you know of? is that is, is like 78 is that too high no I, I think there's a few courses in the states that are like 78 rating like butler butler national in chicago is supposed to be nasty hard uh oakmont in pennsylvania it's supposed to be brutal and what's the lowest? You know? Well, I have no clue. Okay. Anyhow, just curious on that. But yeah, no, the interview was great though. And then I said, and I said it on the interview with you, but I appreciate getting that one going. Uh, you know, you, you you led it. You you did well on your debut as as hosting the the intro and and leading the interview. So good job on that. And you know, finding good guests. He was a good dude. And you know, I, like I said, I wish him all the best. And I think he'll do good things on 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 the tour. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and before long, we're probably going to have his uh, his college golf coach on, sweet. Coach Jay Sewell. 
who coached Justin Thomas, uh, Trey Mullinax, Tom Lovelady, Michael Thompson. Trey's a future guest. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> but no, just a, a boatload of tour stars he's coached. So he knows what he's doing. All righty. Okay, Tori, what's, uh, what's up on the docket now? What do we got here? What you got going on? Or um, are we trying to shut this thing off here? Uh, I don't I don't have a whole lot unless you want to do ground my gears. Yeah, let's go ground my gears. You, you rip it up. Here we go. And this is a, a, a caddying thing, especially for uh, no offense to people with higher handicaps. I, I'll be caddying on a, on a par for 410 yards. My guy, he's got 200 yards in. Yeah. After his drive. So he hit his drive, essentially 210. He's like, hey, it'll be, yeah, I think I'll go five iron. It's like, so, so you hit your drive 210 and now you're going to hit your five iron 200 in the air. <laughs> What are we talking about here? Maybe he slings his five iron. You have no- I, well, maybe he ought to hit it off the tee then. My God. I like that. Goodness gracious. Here's one, too, for you. Ready? Yep. Hey, can I, get a, can I get a beer with an orange slice in it, please? Oh, we're actually out of orange slices for now. Or for, for a little bit. So then I reply, like... You mean like a little bit or like for like ever or like, or like for the night? Oh, actually, we've been out of them for two weeks. Just tell me the straight up answer. Won't hurt my feelings. We ain't got them. But don't say a little bit because that means I'm going to get yeah. one about, about three more beers. Yeah. Just say we ain't got them. And also, there's a grocery store across the street. So two weeks? Come on. That grinds my gears. Just tell me straight up. We don't have orange slices. That's fine. Well, you should have got off your ass and walked across the street and bought. I was orange. going to, but I'll go get him. As long as you reimburse me. Here we me. go. So, anyhow, that's why I grind my gears this week. Reimburse me for a eighty cent orange. Hey, what about? Are you a fan of um, pets in the in the driver's laps? Oh my god! <laughs> I, hate I thought we've talked about that before. We might have. We might have. But that that grinds my gears. When I see some like like 55 year old male like grossy look like just a a big old just a a man yeah <laughs> and go. he's got this little rat bitch in his lap <laughs> holy shit get that stupid dog out of your car you think the dog wants to sit in the car maybe <laughs> maybe he does maybe he doesn't but regardless I've never been a dog I've been a bitch, but I've never been a dog. But I would much rather hang out at home, hanging out on the couch or in the backyard or something, rather than looking out the fucking window, <laughs> sitting on someone like, and then getting locked in the car while they go in the in in the store. Like, yeah. What are you doing here? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but. Okay, this is uh, this has been a good episode today, Tori. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone else out there, enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.